0: Strong companies, lasting partnerships, powerful events. Welcome to the Experience Builders Podcast.
1: Chris, do you enjoy San Antonio, Texas? Do you enjoy the heat down there? Is it worse than Florida heat?
0: Um, No. It's not, but it was a great time of year to be in San Antonio, Khalil, because uh, um, it really wasn't heat; it was cool in the evenings. I think the highs were seventy, seventy-one. Uh, the EDPA Access Conference we were there for, uh, we had there was a golf day, which was the most beautiful weather day. So uh, it was delightful. That's great. Really,
1: if you go just a little bit further west from San Antonio, actually a lot further west near Big Bend National Park, there's a great golf resort called Lajita's and it's on the border. You can hit your, your tee shot over the, over the border if you'd like over the Rio Grande, but, uh, now a beautiful time of year to be down. I there.
0: think you're overestimating my driving. <laughs> capability, Khalil to say that. <laughs>
1: That's great. Now, uh, you were down there for EDP and you, you got a great award, the Hazel Hayes award. Congratulations, Chris.
0: You know, totally surprising. Thank you very much. It was great. Um, The Hazel Hayes uh, Award is EDPA's highest uh, honor in it, um, named after a woman who in the late 50s and 60s was really a pioneer in the uh, trade show and business event space. Um, So um, super honored. It's kind of the person of the year and uh, never saw it coming. So um, when, you know, 300 of your peers stand up and, acknowledge you that way it's very humbling and uh super great yeah
1: well we're proud of you and it's it's no surprise to us that you were able to receive that honor so uh congratulations again you know thanks as we talk about today's episode uh i think that there's several things that you know probably even happened just recently but that come up as a business owner that bring this topic to mind of getting out of your way and I think there was one recently. I'd love to share the story with our listeners if you want to give a little background into how we came
0: up with this topic. Well, um, thank you for coming crashing down from the Hazel Hayes <laughs> high um, to to the reality of what my life is like right now, which I think many of our listeners, uh, experience builders here are going through the same thing. And that is as we move out of, a, um, you know, we're all still companies in recovery. Um, business is very fast and robust right now. Super grateful for that. But we really, you know, our behavior is catching up from, you know, high value doers that are um you know that are great soloists and can do everything ourselves to um you know consistent volume project work right now. And we've just got to do a better job of um, process and procedures and playing well with others and making sure everybody on the team has visibility. Uh, not, I think we've been sort of inconsistent throughout 2022. Um, and when you and I spoke last week, uh, on a project, um, you felt the rat, you know, you felt the full mindset I was in is like, God, we can't even, we're not even using the same terms and the same language. And we're, you know, people have different levels of awareness of the dashboard tools that we have. And some people aren't using any. of. And it was just I feel every bit of the man, we've got to get everybody on the same page. So that's that was the motivation, I think, for our topic today, which is how do you get out of your, your own way when you're trying to improve and grow your business? So.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Alignment is one of the most crucial things for any team that if you can be aligned, you'll have so much more success and you know you're aligned when you have just consistent rhythm and everyone's clicking on the same page and everything's just a little bit smoother. Uh, you're anticipating mistakes before they happen, you're taking care of things seamlessly. Uh, but it's always hard to do that, especially when you're bringing on new employees and I think many people in the industry are in that state where things are building back and we're, we're growing our teams again. and Yeah, I'm sure many people are struggling with getting people on the same page. What are some of the symptoms of that struggle that you're noticing right now? You you had mentioned people just aren't using the same language. What else is going on?
0: You know, so some of what I'm seeing just in our own organization as we look around is, you know, there are days or weeks it's a struggle to accomplish some things as a team that we used to accomplish very easily together. And so that was... um, you know I think as i'm I'm listening to you speak I'm realizing you know when you're start when you're a startup and you're growing your business this is all really great smart stuff but it's really the pain seems to be amplified when just a couple short years ago we were that company that could f- smoothly fire on all you know eight cylinders and now we seem to be misfiring on you know four or six cylinders right so I think the the first thing is you can tell when people aren't aligned and in sync. And so I'm seeing some of that. Um, I think for us where we've got multiple locations, when you see different offices doing things differently, um, whether it's calling in and, you know, on a production meeting, or it's a a product, you know, a project launch meeting, or just going in a visit and you realize, you know, you're not using the same project management you know, template or t- tools we are, you're not, you're not reading the count, cal- your calendar entries aren't the same critical pieces of information. So, um, so I'm noticing that procedurally um, some differences. Um, now, some of that may be driven by what I would call market specific variables. There's some things in Las Vegas that are much different than our facility in Orlando. So, you know, it's, 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 it's okay in those instances. But I think, uh, you know, what I'm also saying is, A lot of this, Khalil, is it's some of our employees being at different stages of recovery. Um, Some have shaken off the rust of um, pandemic and that slower pace of play. Others have adopted. And then also we've got new people that some from the industry that know, uh, you know, the business we're in, but they don't know our way of doing it. Um, And if I'm honest, I think there's people in our own company that don't know our own way of doing it. So anyway, you put all that together and and it's... um, Yeah, it can be frustrating. I think we, um, my opinion, we're not communicating well or as well as we should be internally. I think, um, and you'll recognize this. I think a lot of listeners will. It's really easy to be distracted by busyness, by being busy. And, you know, I always get a a caution, you know, measuring by activity, not, not by results. Mm. And, uh, so, it's not enough to be busy. I just, let's, we had to figure out how to work smart and make sure we're, we're being productive. Um, you know, I invented a new word. I, so we're allowing well-intentioned, I'm going to call it duty creep. <laughs> um, sounds like a dog training term, right? Um, but that, that mission, that, 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 that commitment to your job and the duties responsible to that. And we're all, hybrid players these days, right? So we're reaching into the gray zone left and right. But I think we're allowing that duty creep to knock us off balance, um, which can make our day-to-day jobs harder. And I'll give you an example. Um, Great senior project manager in one of my offices who covered a lot of the ground in production when we were first half of 2021 and into 2022, was actively involved in handpicking labor teams for – clients for the, for the field operation stuff. Um, but I've hired nine people to come back new people and take on a lot of those responsibilities. And, you know, I'm seeing an, a person who hasn't completely let go or continues to, in a well-intentioned way, insert themselves, which basically confuses the people. The new boss is giving direction to, as well as that old boss, the person that was the you know, just the, the do it all person. So there, there's one example. And I think everybody can relate to that. Um, the well-intentioned, but we're stepping on each other. Right. So, um, we got to move from that, what I, I call it survival mode to just now the volume demands and we have the staff to be much more of an efficient operation organization. And that's what we're trying to be right now. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, it
1: makes complete sense. And I, I think people are very familiar with the stepping on of toes and, the disorganized uh, efforts and the lack of uh, communication from, you know, all parties and understanding of the communication, the lack of efficiencies in the business. Uh, as you're growing, growth is really hard, and people love to try to grow their business. But anytime you deal with growth, those problems just uh, get exponentially bigger and harder to to manage. So, I, I want to really talk. We understand that. There's these inefficiencies, there's you know, lack of communication and lack of organization and uh, really hard times with, within the companies right now as they build back. We wanna talk about three things that you know, as we start the new year, 2023, what are some things that we can focus on uh, to get rid of that stuff, to get out of our own way and to get back to where things are seamless within our companies and we're you know, firing on all cylinders as you said earlier. So the three things that we wanna talk about, we wanna talk about operational improvements, hybrid players, and cultural communication. So let's start with that operational improvements. What are some operational improvements that you see just right in front of you in your company right now?
0: So the one, it's funny, I this came up on a panel discussion at EDPA Access in San Antonio. And I think it was uh, uh, a friend, Adam Beckett, who's the CEO of, of Agum, who was the one that talked about, because um, we were having this co- same conversation, same issues. How do you claw back whatever time you can um, in your process, in in your internal processes, so you can better serve and respond to your customers' needs? Lead times, that lead time genie is out of the bottle. We're not getting that back in. So customers want things faster and faster. Didn't think it was possible to to want it even faster after the pandemic, but they do. And so one of the things I see um, is, you know, I'll see some. I'll walk through the office. I'll see somebody sending an email to a coworker, maybe in another office, maybe just in another department. And I'll, what are you working on? Oh, I'm just, um, you know, reaching out to Gary to see if he can uh, get me some information on this. And you know, I'm. I just walked down the hall and saw Gary was in a Zoom call with a with one of our client partners on a, a completely different project. he's going to be in there for another 90 minutes. And then so that anyway, then Gary will respond back uh, when he gets out a couple hours later and, and the sender of the email, you know, anyway, it could take a day or two to get, just pick up the phone, the intercom or, or walk in. I think particularly with communication, it's pick up the phone. And, um, we got a lot of people that just think that, you know, if I just type it out and send it, but you don't realize you, you can get all the information you need and that person's perspective in just a couple of minutes, if you have a live conversation. So that's one I'm seeing. Um, I think just getting rid of the the waste. I'm not a fan of death by meeting, um, but clearly we have to start meeting and talking on a more regular basis to make sure everybody's visi- visible on the important um, dashboard indicators and projects or, or any updates. Um, so um, anything that's, that's, um, you know, waste is an old way of doing things. It just doesn't apply to us anymore. Um, and maybe it did when we were, you know, a third of the staff and a third of the revenue that we are now. But now we've got to get back to uh, the things, you know, we remember doing before and we need to. Removing bottlenecks is another one. Um, if I can automate something, if I can create a, a, a spreadsheet the community my tribe has access to, and they're not lining up at the production manager's door, or at my door, or at, you know, so it's, it's, um, let's get the information out real time. Let's make it easy for people. So, I mean, I know we're sort of swinging into communication, but those, those are the three things, the waste and the bottlenecks. And really I'm, I want to be stingier with the time we spend on things. How do we figure out how to be more efficient? So that's, that's the biggest operational things I'm seeing that we're need to get out of the way ourselves about.
1: Yeah. I, you know, you're talking about communication. Um, It reminds me of, uh, Elon Musk's six rules for productivity at his companies one of them is to uh forget the chain of command to communicate with colleagues directly not their supervisor managers but just be fast communicators because fast communicators make fast decisions and faster decisions is a competitive advantage Um, such an interesting thing and i think it's so true that if you try to follow this chain of command and make your company more bureaucratic i mean we've all seen what bureaucracy does (laughs) um It, it just slows yeah. everything down and you want to be a little bit quicker inside of your company than that. So uh, a- another thing that you mentioned there, you know, you talked about just operational efficiency and automating things and using spreadsheets. I think just using more systems inside your company, whether that's incorporating a software into your company, that's going to allow you to manage projects more seamlessly in uh, all in one place that everybody can see. A-, a huge thing for operational efficiency is having one source of truth. And that spreadsheet mm-hmm. might be that one like source that. of truth where, Hey, if I need to know where anything is for this project, I can look here. And that one source of truth is huge. And it's going to allow you to make better decisions, have clear understanding of where things are. And that's something I always recommend when we talk about operational efficiency. Um, you know, you, we talked about hybrid, we've talked about hybrid that's players true. before on the team. Uh, I think in the episode with Michael McMahon, we talked about it a little bit, but Where are you seeing hybrid players really impact your team?
0: So this is great because it's, um, I believe that people deserve written job descriptions and to know what their position requires. But um, I cannot argue with the fact that um, we've made it through this year, right? By the way, when we say a hybrid player, it's somebody who is, really, you know, they can wear multiple hats. They're used to reaching in the gray zone on the positions to the left and to the right of them. So a project manager, for example, may also have great skills in production planning, and they might also have great skills about um, engineering and, and buildability, which, you know, which is our AutoCAD and things like that. So, you know, previously we had dedicated people for that, and we've brought more people back that are you know that's their primary functionality but um we were we were very profitable in 2022 i'm convinced because we could do more with fewer people because those fewer people had that hybrid gene and and could could reach further than what their job description um stated the job to be so um that's what we're talking about when we say we see hybrid somebody if you know, that's I that those are the MVPs that are making companies work right now. Um, I also think um, somebody that's got hybrid skill sets is a better experience for the customer to, to interact with. Whether you're an estimator um, and you're um, somebody that's traveled to execute and and install and move in and move out uh, an event in the field, it just makes you a You know, it's they clients know when they're talking to people that really have the experience and know what they're doing. So it's been a wonderful blessing in this year. And what I'm realizing, uh, and I think this will resonate with a lot of owners as we think about, you know, when is it, how many people should I hire back? What's, should I bring that back full time or should I wait on that? Should I outsource it? Should I keep having those duties rolled up into two or three other people? I think the economy right now in 2023 still shows a lot of mixed signals, right? And this was, again, another discussion at, 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 at the Access event uh, this past week. Um, you, I want to feel, a, I just needed to feel a little more sure-footed. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even know what that means. I just know that if unemployment is at 8.6% and interest rates are still climbing and um, there's still significant labor shortage and a lot of other disruptions, Um, I can't quite predict what spend patterns are going to be yet. So the last thing we want to do is hire a bunch of people that, um, the business won't support. And we've disrupted somebody's lives if there's going to have to be layoffs again, and none of us want that. So we're, and yet I don't want to burn out the people that we have. So that's the, that's the balance. And, um, I think we can right now and probably into next year, we can do more with fewer, People that are capable of wearing more hats. So um, that's probably going to be the, the the hiring rule that we default to, Khalil, mm-hmm. in the next twelve months. And then what I would suggest for all of us that are and I, you know you talked about systems, and uh, I think we build systems around diverse roles so that we're going to be able to cross train more easily. Yeah. And you know, I used to think of the word system, and I think about technology. We, we've talked about this before in other episodes. A system is merely agreed, an agreed upon method of how your group, your team does, how, how they do business with each other under the same roof. So if we can all agree on who's doing what and how we pass the baton and, you know, that I need that design out of the design department in 48 hours, you know, so give me two days. Don't tell me it's going to take 12 days because that's just, we're going to lose Clients and we're going to lose yep. projects if we do that. So uh, I think everything we're talking about regarding hybrid and and the systems we have to adapt are it's super valuable as we move forward. Um, as we look for the market to give us, you know, better signs of surefootedness, so we can, you know, start to add more people maybe and separate some of those duties. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think as a smaller as smaller companies, you know, we're not thousands of employees. As you start to get that kind of headcount. You can afford to have dedicated persons for each role but as you're you know less than that you're probably going to have you know multiple roles for just one hire and i think it hybrid hybrid player is one way of saying it really a team player in my opinion someone who's who's going to take one for the team when it comes down to well, it. well that's what we They're used gonna, to
0: call it right a team player just goes the exactly. extra mile
1: Exactly. Yeah. And and so that's what you want. Now, what I do want to say for business owners out there to be careful about is don't build your company around one hybrid player, because <laughs> that's where you run into the disaster, where you do have the real MVP who can Absolutely. do everything and you 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 trust them with everything and anything. And you don't really build systems around it because you just trust them innately. As soon as that person has a you know, a different job offer, they go somewhere else or they retire or whatever it is, you're in trouble. You've essentially abdicated everything inside your company to that one person. And really what you want to be doing is hiring people that have that team player mentality across the board in your company that are hybrid players. You're training them to be hybrid players in all of your systems so that even if one person does leave, now somebody else in the company knows exactly how to take over that role. Uh, But yeah, be careful about just having that one hybrid player. (laughs)
0: So, so true. And, you know, so if pandemic taught us anything, Khalil, um, I think people came back to work, those that came back to work, uh, with an appreciation for a more balanced life. So um, really the event business can be a very tough business, particularly in the high seasons. We all know what the January through May run looks like. We all know what the fall busy season feels like. Um, So, I mean, 70 hours a week, some in some cases more, that's just not the norm anymore. So uh, it, by the way, I, I, and I think we talked a little bit about this with Michael McMahon on the, uh, the workforce development. I think culture is going to be the, one of the greatest advantages we can offer to attract um, new hires or people to come see us. Even if they make less money, people want that balance. And so if, if you come in as the, as the ace hitter, uh, to a, a smaller mid-sized company, and they're they're just gonna you know strap their wagons to you and ride you hard. Um, you're gonna burn that person out. You can't you can't rely on one person. You know you, you're right. You've got to you've got to create a culture of um, use that person for knowledge sharing. But I, we're really trying hard to um, create as much flexibility as our industry will allow. Um, and we're not one of those industries. Let's face it, a lot of the business events move in and move out at nights and on weekends. So that's just the way it is, and that's not going to change. But um as an owner, I can tell you we will staff differently to make sure that we're not burning people out, and certainly we're not going to we're not going to put the uh, the burden all on one or two people uh, wow. to carry the whole load. So yeah, well, it's right an interesting thing
1: you that. you talk about with culture as an advantage, and people would take less pay even to work at uh, a really good culture think about it. Some of the best hours of your life, the best hours of your day are spent at work. And so why would you want to be around people that you don't enjoy being around? (laughs) So if you can create a culture where people enjoy being around, like that's huge for them.
0: We spend more time with our coworkers at work than we do with our families. I mean, that sounds really sad to say. So if that's the case, uh, if you're a full-time employee, it really helps if you you like and enjoy the people that you're working with, and I take that very seriously. So I'm, I care about that dynamic. I know it's not doesn't have to be a requirement to like everybody you work with. I think you do need to show respect for everybody that you work with, and I think as as business leaders, we need to create a place where people enjoy coming to. It's not a, it's not a what's that you know the the north the donut commercial uh, time to make the donuts the guy that gets up at four in the morning. I don't, I don't want people walking through the door at seven or eight o'clock in the morning with that attitude. Right. So we have to, that's on leadership to, to make sure we've got a good culture, which by the way, it leads me to the third point you were talking about. And that is, we talk about communication. It's really, you got to have a culture of communicating, mm. right? And, um, and in my opinion, I think that needs to be communicating deeply and often, um, just, just constantly. I, I don't mean over explaining, but I know that the people that work in the back of the house here are so grateful when we have our monthly all staff meetings and they are hearing what we're doing in marketing and they hear about the EDPA conference that just we went to and that we've got, you know, four new um, client partners that showed up out of that. And we got to see our vendors and um, or there's several people that have booked appointments to come see us in one of our facilities. So there's going to be visitors. Right. And they know that's usually a happy day. Uh, You know, there's there's, uh, you know, treats and, and fun stuff that happen- happens when we know we have VAs piece coming through. So I think that constant communication, I think we need to lesson very personal right now is creating common language um, with the staff that we have. So, you know, I, we might say IND, if you've joined us from an ad agency I'm not sure you know that that means installation and dismantle i don't think you you may not even know everything that that encompasses um we used to go talk about this with um artwork when we're collecting art for you know for large format graphics and we say well your art file has to be you know a certain size and it has to be a certain dpi dots per inch and if it's if it's you blow that up 800 percent to a grand format you know output size you know, we it's going to be blurry. Oh, we can just res it up. What is, what does any of that mean, right? So let's make sure that you know, check yourself. Are we are we creating a language that everybody understands? Because it becomes a shorthand when you use a term or an expression, and uh, and that claws back time yeah. and and helps save time. I think so, sometimes um, Chris
1: people talk with those. Those terms, even as a way of sounding smarter and trying to be like witty or clever or intelligent, and it's just a waste of time. Like you're not impressing anybody. You don't need to. I
0: I've been that guy in my career yeah. years ago when I was young and dumb.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't need to no, do that. No, it's
0: true. It's it it's you, you know you I I can you know I used to think particularly you know graphics can be such a. Um, such an appreciation for the vendors that, that manage artwork and get things sized properly right to a fractional, you know, uh, size. And, uh, you know, my knowledge was puddle deep. So I could, I could say, you know, the talking point and I could ad lib one sentence, but if a but if I was talking with a client's creative director and they got deeper into things, I was in the weeds. So, uh, and and you're right. A lot of times you have to defense mechanism, you throw out those techie terms or things to try and sound credible. Uh, but in the end, um, what I learned was put the work in and learn what those terms really mean. And the real value as a servant to your customers is break down the language into words and vocabulary that they can understand. I find analogies help when I do that. And as a leader, it's really helped when, uh, you know, when we're onboarding, training new people and I can see them nod and not understand the concept of what I'm saying. And I, well, it's kind of like this. Right. And then you, you know, you're able to share a story in, in some regard. But um, I again, I right now the talking and and the talking as a team, I don't know about if you've experienced it, but. I've seen resistance from really good people in my company at getting back to regular meeting schedules, mm. Um We used to have production meetings. They could be 15 or 20 minutes twice a week. And the problem is when they get into meeting creep and you're talking about other things. But if we all should say, no, we're only going to go through what are the projects we're working on today and what's on the radar for the rest of the week. We're just doing a quick update. If there's a problem with something or challenges, then let's have a separate meeting about that. We don't need everybody there. Let's just have the two or three people that need to be included in that. But I, I think that's where I'm, you know, so new opportunities meeting, we like to, you know, we're, we, we like to know what those are and make sure the right, the right leaders, um, if engineer, and engineering needs a input and, and, and field operations needs, needs an input. We try and, we try to get, here are the 21 requests that we got this week and let's go through what they are. And some, let's decide what we're saying. No, thank you. Let's assign who's going to be in first chair to those. And, and I will tell you it saves you time if you do that. I know when you're getting back to those types of meetings, it you think it's just a time suck. Yeah. Uh I'm not a fan of death by meeting, but I am a fan of clear, crisp, you know, regular communication and that's what we're we're really talking about. Yeah. Um by the way, what does it sound like if you've seen people are a little defensive? I'm too busy. I'm too busy to well, you know what? Then you might be the problem. So let's 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 knock that off. Yeah. So
1: I think with meetings, uh, I, I think those yeah. 15, 20 minute meetings are crucial. I think they're so valuable. I call them a stand up meeting. We do them with our team. And just that, we, we do them twice a week.
0: That's a great, by the way, I like that. You're going to get tired if we're going to be in there for an hour. So, yeah, a <laughs> no, stand that up meeting is You stand
1: up and we're just all talking. And it, it, you're so right. Sometimes people will kind of hijack the meeting and talk about something that's not necessary, a problem they're having or whatever it is. Yes. And something that I, what I recognize is that people were hijacking the meeting because they wanted to be heard and they wanted to make sure that like, they were recognized, that their problems were recognized, that everyone understood what their challenges were. And just creating some additional channels and opportunities for people to be heard outside of those meetings can play a huge impact right? If you're having a stand-up meeting and it's really clear, hey, this is the only thing we talk about, right? And we go through it every time. Yeah, Have those one-on-one conversations outside of the meeting. Schedule a one-on-one proactively. Hey, every other week we have a one-on-one where you can share that with me. Or I just stop by your desk and say, hey, how, how is this going? How, how are you doing? Having those opportunities will prevent those hijackings in the future and make that communication much more
0: clear inside of meetings. Um, Abs- a- absolutely. Yeah. That's great. One, one-on-ones are a great way to address yeah. stuff when it starts to go off the rail and and again let's touch base and make sure we understand what you you understand your your duties your goals your objectives and uh we'll get together as a group let's respect each other's time yeah
1: right Chris I know we've got a lot of uh you know owners out there or even high-level managers that are at companies and I think if you're in that position these three things are so important and they need to be your priority if they're not you know, if you're stuck in business development and you're not able to focus on the operational efficiencies, if you're not able to focus on getting your players set up properly within your team and hiring the right people, and if you're not able to focus on your culture, then you're really missing out. And you've got to find a way to get out of BD or whatever it is so that you can work on those things. Your primary objective should be to remove the bottlenecks, find what the bottlenecks are, and then help your, your people remove those bottlenecks from their workflow. And then you should be comput- communicating yeah. the vision for your company, what, what, our, what our mission is, what we're here to do, what we're, why we're doing it, and what the goals are that we have and objectives for each person and help them to hit those goals. I think a lot of times we run into these issues and we get into our own way when we are focused on the wrong things. And these are absolutely the things you should be focusing on as the high level manager, owner of your company.
0: Well, couldn't agree more. And I will, um, you know, here's the good news. If you're struggling with some of the things you and I are talking about, um, it's because you're growing, mm-hmm. right? You're back. You're back in a in a, in a good place, and uh, and we're just in some cases it's reacquainting ourselves with what we know we're supposed to do. Uh, in some cases, maybe you're, you know, you you've started something new. You've left a bigger company. Maybe you're on your own, and and now you're in it with hiring staff, and these are some of the things you're you're needing to rem- to to be reminded of couple of observations, Khalil, that I think are worth sharing for any of us that are in the position we're in, and that is we we find ourselves tripping over ourselves. Um, as a leader, I can tell you people don't learn at the same pace or in the same ways. That remind When I remind myself of that, it reminds me to be patient with, because um, I get frustrated, right? I'm like, God, you know, we were doing this a couple of years ago, a lot smoother. Why are we struggling? Well, you know, we've got some new people and we've got some people that are fatigued and they learn at a different pace. I think patience and persistence is the key for us. Um, I've learned some people get concepts quicker than others and there's nothing wrong with that, but um, be grateful when they do ask their help and bring along the others. I've learned that some people learn by doing others are more are visual learners. Um, I think change is hard to accept for a lot of people. I thrive on it, but most entrepreneurs do. Um, I think if you're an entrepreneur working within a, uh, a company you don't, um, it can, maybe it's not, it can feel disruptive. Uh, I've learned that group progress, I've really learned this, this, this quarter group progress can feel slow when individuals are learning and changing at different speeds. You know, partic- the higher up you are as a, as a leader or an owner, um, the more you tend to look at your group and you're judge- judging them as one. And at the end of the day, there, um, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces there. So, um, you can have the best vision, you can have the best strategy, um, you can have great teams, but if you don't have crisp, clear, consistent communication, that alignment that we're all seeking starts to break down, and ultimately the team will fail. So I just, yeah, patience, persistence, um, as you said, one-on-ones when it's inappropriate. Otherwise, it's strategic short meetings to keep everybody moving forward and aligned.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I, that falls in line with, again, Elon Musk's six rules for productivity. Go check that out if you, uh, if you haven't seen those. So we, yeah. we've, we've talked about several things here, Chris. Uh, the, the main three being let's work on operational efficiency, let's have hybrid players, and let's consistently communicate with our team. Um, what... Uh, you know, obviously people can work on those directly. What advice do you have in general for the owners, the high level managers out there as they approach 2023, maybe thinking about those three areas? What advice do you have for them?
0: You know, um, there's a great article I just read recently by um, Roy Schwartz. He's the CEO of Axios and he he was a, they were exploring ways that, you know, leaders are trying to adapt their, their leadership styles to better serve this hybrid workforce. We're all we all have or are seeking, and he said, "You know, we're all trying to find the right ways to communicate." Um, they've started using. He developed. He discussed a strategy that he calls "up, down, around, and out." And um, I'd love it if we grab that, Cleo, and put that in the show notes uh, for people. Because um, basically, up and down is weekly. You know, weekly department leads do an update about what projects and challenges they're facing there, and they send it down to their teams. Around is from those updates. Um, you know, the high-level business owner or or GM, um, you select the updates that the entire organization needs to see to stay aligned. Um, By the way, that becomes part of our monthly all-staff meeting. And so that's up, down, and around. And then out is when, you know, we're going to use that same method to decide what needs to be commuted to our outside organization, to our clients or, or, or vendors. So... Um, I like that. And we've sort of begun to adopt that. But, um, you know, if this, any of this is ringing true and you just feel like you're, you just can't get out of the way of yourselves as a, as a team, um, do an autopsy on your current processes. That's what we, that's where we started. Mm. You know, you want to identify what are our choke points and the the things that are sucking time away from us. And, you know, what are the confusing bottlenecks? Number two, I can't say enough about the common language. Mm. Let's get everybody using the same terms. And, uh, and the same tools. Enterprise-wide, it's not enough in one office. But make sure your remote workers and your satellite locations also are are part of that. Um, it's just going to make it so much easier for people to communicate and be able to back each other up uh, regardless of where their locations are. And I, again, I, I like I said, making time to meet regularly, be respectful of, of how busy everybody is. We want you busy in a productive way. Um, so it's not going to be a death by meeting. Short, r- regular, topic-specific meetings ultimately are going to save time. So, uh, and man, get off emails. Pick up the phone and and get the information from your coworker or a supplier or a vendor. It's just, it sounds like it's going to take more time. It's going to ultimately save you a ton of time in your process. And then for guys like me, I'm charting progress. I, we measure results. We celebrate the victories. Man, that's a big one. But, um, and then we just fine tune and adjust moving forward. But I think that's, that's how we're going to enter 2023 with gratitude for the business, but, um, really a mission to uh, line up better and, um, move, move from being, you know, the spring training team and <laughs> the championship caliber team. So
1: love it. That's, All- that's
0: my, that's my view from the cheap seats.
1: <laughs> All great things, uh, from O'Hazel Hazel Hay is a winner. Uh, yeah, appreciate the advice, Chris, uh, great, great episode. I think that this will be super valuable. If anybody has questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us in the show notes and I'm sure there's several topics within this topic that we can cover and, and dive deeper into. So I appreciate all your wisdom, uh, and experience as well. And Chris, we'll see you
0: on the next one. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Khalil. Thanks. Thanks
1: for listening to the experience builders podcast. Check out our website in the
0: show notes or visit crewxp.com to learn more.